Welcome to Slice of Life, episode two, hosted by Student Life and Campus Engagement. We are your hosts, Esther and Roshi. Today we'll be joined by Miriam, a second year student in journalism at Ryerson University with a passion in international politics, public policies, and social justice and cultural affairs. She aims to tell her story at various community level, locally and globally, fluent in multiple language and connect with different people. So our first question for you, Miriam, is you recently became a new mom. So we had some questions in regards to your faith, because today's question for our podcast is the big question. Does your faith influence the way you kind of raise your child and will raise your child um, continuing on with motherhood? Definitely. So first of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, so yes, I became a mother uh, three and a half months ago and, you know, faith is really important part of my life. I was born into the Muslim faith and it's basically my toolkit in terms of how I want to be as a person, you know, uh, when people follow the true Islam, Islam teaches us to be good to one another, to work hard and to, you know, be a part of a community that does good. So I really want to show my son first by example that you can work hard for your dreams and it's never too late because, you know, I'm going to be 26 this year and I'm still like in my undergrad. Um, But at the same time, always making sure that, you know, family comes first and that you're always looking out for other people and using whatever skills that you have to help others. So yeah, definitely. I want um, to instill those values into my son, but also because the Quran is in Arabic uh, and he's three quarters Egyptian, I really want to make sure that he speaks Arabic way better than I do or ever did when I was a kid, um, just because um, I didn't have the luxury of having my dad around all the time since he lived uh, other side of the country. So yeah, learning Arabic and just being a good person in general. So we definitely know that you're not just a new mom, but a full-time student working part-time and even own your own business. So how do you create your time for prayers and other faith communities with all these other commitments and roles? Well, to me, my prayer comes first. It's uh, Prayer is one of the pillars of Islam. So it's uh, after uh, our declaration of our faith, uh, prayer comes second. So it's pretty high up there in terms of things we need to be doing. And I won't lie and say that I'm perfect at at managing that schedule, but I feel it's important to me because prayer just keeps me calm and just recenters me because if I have like a crazy day, like I had yesterday, every time I would stop to pray, I just felt that I was like focusing on myself for like those five minutes. And I use it as a form of like meditation as well. So my therapist also told me like to do some breathing exercises while I pray. She's Muslim. So she understood what I was talking about. Um, and yeah, I just, um, it's uh, it's important for me to have that balance. Uh, it's not really a balance, but have those different elements in my life in order to kind of keep going forward and trying to excel as well. I can't imagine how hard it is um, to come from such a uh, faith that comes with a lot of um, exclusion or inclusion. So I had some questions because... Um, I'm sure students have some advice that would want some advice moving forward from you, especially. Um, What advice could you give students who may feel they came from a underrepresented faith or community coming into like Ryerson or just in general? 
Well, I definitely can say the community at Ryerson is very diverse, not just in terms of ethnic background and program, but also faiths as well. So, you know, the Muslim Students Association is a huge uh, group on campus. There's Ryerson Catholics, there's Hillel Ryerson. So there's a lot of different faith groups that are um, represented on campus. I think for me, it was actually easier to practice my faith once I entered university than it was when I was in high school, even mm-hmm. though like about 30 to 40% of my um, high school population was of uh, Somali background and most Somalis are Muslim. Um, I felt that um, it was easier for me to um, to uh, just practice the faith more because I saw more visible Muslims on campus than I did back in high school. So fun fact, I started wearing the hijab uh, the summer between my last year of high school, and my first year of university. So let's say almost eight years ago. And I did that on purpose because I said to myself, like, I want a new start. I want to um, do this. I wanted to do this for a long time, but I, it's hard to explain to people, oh, you wear the hijab now. Um, Right. So for me, it was important to, you know, start a new chapter in my life with this other new chapter, which was wearing the hijab. And I'll tell you, my first lab, uh, I walked in and I see another hijabi (laughs) and I I go and talk to her because I was like, oh, my God, again, this is so new to me having a hijabi in my class like that I can talk to. And then it turns out she was in every single one of my labs um, that semester. So every section, like we have five mandatory courses and she's in every single section of mine. And then to this day, we are like such close friends. And um, she was one of my bridesmaids at my wedding. And um, she introduced me to a lot of folks on campus from the Muslim community and like introduced me to the MSA and stuff like that. And we were on the MSA together eventually. So, um, you know, just taking the leap sometimes. If you see somebody who, you know, is uh, looks like is a part of your faith or when you spark those conversations, um, you never know what's going to lead to, honestly. Like she just meeting her opened so many doors for me and I I tell her I, when I ever I saw her parents I just told her how much like her daughter meant to me too that sounds so nice um so like you mentioned different like associations and just like taking the leap and meeting people and stuff like that and connecting with one another are there any communities on faith um look on campus that are related to faith groups that you're involved with or um, where'd you hear about them stuff like for students to kind of just join to know more about not just taking the leap in class, but something that um, Ryerson provides to students, maybe like a welcome group or any um, faith community group. Yeah, so as a Muslim, there's the Muslim Students Association. It's uh, one of the larger groups on campus. So uh, I got to know about them because they had their uh, annual like welcome dinner um, in the beginning of the school year when I was in first year and always the first years go for free. A lot of incentives. <laughs> to be like okay like okay it's free free food like, and it's like good foods like plate you know like buffet style like it's not like pizza or anything it's like rice and chicken and like all this good stuff and like when I was in first year at least 300 were like packed into SEC 115 so imagine like this huge community as well um so that's like for folks who are practicing the Muslim faith I know there's Rice and Catholics I've worked with them in the past um, there's also a Chinese Christian fellowship. If you, uh, fall into that, um, group, there's also Halal Ryerson. They're the Jewish student group on campus. And I believe there's a group for Hindu folks and for Sikh folks as well. So for any of the like, major religions, like Islam, Judaism, Christianity, etc., uh, you can definitely find a group and, um, 
I think it's really it's really important because if you're a person of faith and practices your faith, uh, finding that commonality on campus makes your campus life much easier. Honestly, it's really good to hear about all that because I feel like a lot of students don't know about these things, especially learning about stuff through virtual learning. So it's hard to really get involved virtually. Um, now I'm going to ask a little bit of a deep question. Um, so be prepared. As an individual who decided to switch, you know, uh, majors very further into their academic career, how do you think your faith played a role in making that decision? Oh, definitely. So I'll give you some context. So it might be a long answer, but no worries. Let's hear it. <laughs> story time with Miriam. <laughs> yes. So I actually wanted to switch since like fourth year uh, at Ryerson. I switched in my sixth year. Um, so I was in my second year of industrial engineering, second slash third. I was like in between years because I switched. So before I even switched pro, uh, the faculties, I switched disciplines of engineering to trying to make it work. So I actually applied to, uh, at first I applied to creative industries and my backup was psychology because uh, I was interested in psychology and I ended up accepting uh, the psychology offer. Then I decided, no, I don't want to do it. Like, let's switch back. Um, at that time, my fear was like judgment because I was so involved in um, the community in engineering and I just felt like I was not just shaming myself, but like letting people down for some reason. I don't know why. Nobody gives a crap at the end of the day. Um, but I had that in my mind, like, oh my God, like people judge, like this, that. And I was also like chosen to be the chair of the national engineering competition in 2018. And I really wanted to do that. I was just like, I, you know, it, there are so many qualified students on campus, yet myself and my uh, co-chair Edwin were chosen to do it. And I like traveled to like watch another national competition and in my third year, actually it was in my second year. Um, so that, you know, didn't happen. My second attempt was uh, in uh, winter 2017. So I was in my fourth year. So it was like before fourth year and then fourth year, um, uh, I actually applied to journalism and I got in um, and I, I didn't accept it because again, that same like thing was going through my mind. And this time the competition was a year away and we're underway with planning. And I felt like, oh my God, if I leave, it's going to like go to crap because like, you know, we're dealing with over $100,000 of budget. Uh, we have like 300 people we have to get hotel rooms and it's just like a huge logistic nightmare um to do on one person's shoulders like obviously we had a team but like myself and Edwin were like the coaches we oversaw everything and we split like the tasks so you know I was taking care of more like the marketing and that type of stuff while he took care of like the finances and you know the competition details etc um so yeah I I stuck it out I attended the year after that was okay I failed my very first course ever <laughs> um keep in mind I was doing five courses and planning my wedding so it's like very difficult at that time and I was doing like the competition was in the middle of the semester so actually I had to miss like a week of class almost <laughs> um fast forward a year fall 2018 I was in my third year of industrial engineering and um I got really sick I um, got pneumonia. I got so first of all, I got tonsillitis. Was on antibiotics. Got pneumonia. Was on different antibiotics, and I don't react well to antibiotics. So I got really sick and was in the hospital because of that. 
Um, and I asked for accommodation. Um, I had like my medical notes saying like, can you move my, the weight of my midterm to the final? You know, I don't know when I'm coming back, but I do want to finish the semester on time. I was met with like very little understanding. The only person understanding was the chair of the department, but at the end of the day, it was up to the discussion of the prof. So after my first hospitalization, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go follow my dreams and, and to go into journalism. And um, I was hospitalized again. And so I remember I got my laptop, the same laptop in my portfolio. Uh, I just brought up the file of the portfolio I had from 20, um, 2017. Um, but I did completely different pieces. I had written a lot since then. Um, and then I put like a new essay and like this stuff and that stuff. And then um, my, I asked my mom, like, two days after I was discharged, my mom, can you, like, my husband is at work, so, mom, can you drive me and, like, submit my, um, <laughs> my so I can submit my portfolio? And I heard back um, uh, within, like, a couple weeks uh, from the school saying I got admitted, and I, like, they only gave me, like, two weeks to accept my offer, so I was, like, I'm going to take the plunge. And um, I didn't um, many people after that, but I think – go back to your point I think I just some background was important um there's a prayer in our um in our religion called istikhara so it's like when you're making a big decision in your life you're asking God to um if it's good for you to give it to you and it's good for your you know this life and the afterlife and if it's bad for you then steer me away from it and um crazily enough when I like prayed and said that prayer afterwards I felt the sense of like, no, this is the right thing. And um, yeah. And, and then so I started in 2019 and um, I'm graduating next year since I got the chance for like half my credits from engineering. <laughs> so, um, do you have any other um, religious scriptures for some kind of words of inspiration or words of wisdom that other people can follow just so that um, they can inspire or like help you, not just like guide you into your program, but something you kind of do when um, a regular basis or something just to kind of um, give us some more knowledge on um, how to kind of get through different things in your life or different challenges you have, um, just like something to help you relax. Um, well, definitely the Quran has a lot of stories and there's a lot of overlap between the Abrahamic religions because like our prophets are all the same except Muhammad, peace be upon him, was our, our last prophet. The other religions don't believe in him. Um, so like when it comes to Christianity and Judaism, we have the same stories. We just like with Christianity and, and Islam, like our um, the way like Jesus, uh, peace be upon him, died was different, right? So um, to be honest, the Arabic language is so difficult. And then when it comes to reading the Quran, it's even more difficult. So what I try to do is I have um, an English translation. It's like the easiest translation. It's not Shakespearean English. It's like perfect. It's uh, called the clear Quran. And so um, I try to think of different affirmations. Um, but like this one line in the Quran, um, in Arabic, it says, in which means verily with one hardship, just uh, so Osra is like one hardship, Yusra, uh, which means many eases. So it's saying like, I might go so, through so many hard, like one hardship, but the ease will be multiplied. And it's not saying like it's the ease is going to happen after, it's actually ma means with. So like simultaneously, when I'm going through a hard time, something's easing up in my life or more than one thing's easing up. And maybe that, that experience of hardship is um, making me a better person or it's like refining me better. 
So definitely like my favorite line. And it's repeated twice in that in that um, chapter. It's like a very short chapter. And it's like, it says it twice, it repeating just to show the emphasis, like with one single hardship, many eases happen. And it's a, a lot of people's favorites because we all go through hardship, but I feel like that's literally the epitome of life. I've, my life. I've gone through a lot and I just feel like that just helps me keep going. And um, also a word in the Quran is very, um, repeat, like repeated a lot is um, patience, sabr. Um, so I'm not the most patient person. I'm very like, oh my God, I got to do this, got to do that. Oh my God, why aren't you doing this? But yeah, I think um, I think just having like some patience and just hope, I think, is so important for me. Super inspiring words, uh, personally. And I wanted to go back to um, you kind of bringing us onto your journey and speaking about how you were able to change um, your journey academically. Uh, and honestly, it's very inspiring. And what really strived to push you to know that that was the right decision? Like, I know you were speaking a lot about um, the hospital and getting sick and things like that. But disregarding those things and disregarding like religion, uh, to put it to the side for a second, what did you personally feel inside that really told you, you know what, I need to follow this dream? Definitely, I felt I wasn't being like respected. First and foremost, in the program, I dealt with a lot of sexism in my labs. Uh, for example, a semester where I failed that a course, it wasn't the same course, but I was the only female student in my section. So out of like 33 students, I was the only female. Imagine that. And I remember when I, we were going to, so we worked hard on like building a car prototype and like we had to test it and everything. It was my team's turn to test and the lab instructor there was like saying gentleman, gentleman, and like disregarded my being there. And, you know, I kept saying like, um, I identify as female, like I'm a female, like, can you please recognize me? And he did it again. And it was just so annoying. And then also I felt like not in this group. So that group that I worked with was like really understanding. I actually stay in touch with a couple of the guys. Um, but, um, in, um, in, uh, in, in other groups that I like was part of like a lab group, I felt like the guys would always assume that, you know, cause I'm a girl, my work isn't great. And in fact, I probably worked harder than mo most people in my group. Um, so that was a big thing. And just not having the support from like my faculty was just so annoying. The second point is my body was telling me for a long time that this isn't right for you. Um, this year, second semester, I got a concussion. I had short-term memory loss for about five months. I couldn't study, so I had to stop. Um, next year was fine. The, the year after that, um, I went through like a severe depression and because my uncle died and I had to reduce my course load and it was just like not easy. The year after that, I actually had a mental health crisis. And um, that was right before, like, that was right after I applied to journalism the first time. And it was really hard for me to, like, get accommodation um, with that. Like, it was just, and then the, and the last straw was, like, getting physically sick and, like, feeling like I was dying because of, like, I couldn't breathe. And, like, I felt like my stomach was on fire all the time. I couldn't eat anything. 
I just said, you know what? My body deserves peace. And I felt like the only way I will get peace is if I go into a program that, um, you know, doesn't cause me that, that level of stress that will physically come out with my body. So yeah, that I, it wasn't just like, oh, I felt like, oh, I was stuck. Yes, that was a big part of it. But also another big part of it was, you know, my body was telling me like it was giving up just because of the amount of stress and like fatigue I was having in that program. And kudos to people who finished it. My own husband finished engineering and he's, he works in the field, but I just couldn't do it. My condolences to your uncle and all the everything that you really said like really resonated with me and it's very brave of you to be speaking about this and to kind of be able to let others who could relate to your journey gain some insight into their academic career if they're in first year or whatnot. So I thank you for being brave and having the courage to really speak about these issues that are super important, mental health, um, following your heart, you know, faith. These are crazy topics that are very deep. And we really appreciate you being able to take the time out of your busy schedule to sit down with us and talk very deeply about these issues. So I think it was really nice to be able to have you. And um, I'll send it to Esther. Yeah, I agree. Like, this was great just to listen to your journey, faith, changing programs. I feel like a lot of students can relate to this one way or another. And I feel like you're a great inspiration, being a new mom, taking on these new roles, being a full-time student and excelling in it and owning your own business. Um, I just can't think of anything else to say that's just amazing. Um, I just want to say thank you for our viewers and don't forget to come and watch us. Um, we have videos coming out every Tuesday um, at 1 p.m. for Ryerson Life. Um, so Ryerson Student Life Instagram Live. <laughs> if you wanted to let the folks know where they can find you on Instagram, YouTube, wherever you feel like they need to see you and see how they can um, take advantage of the stuff you want to share uh, to the students and everyone in general. Definitely. So uh, most of my handles are like at Mariam Nosser, so M-A-R-I-A-M-N-O-U-S-C-R. So Facebook, uh, Facebook is not. So uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, so uh, you can do youtube.com slash Mariam Nosser, um, Instagram.com. So same thing. It's like my first and my last name. Um, but my Facebook is um, well, my private account, which if you folks want to add me or message me, that's totally cool. It's Mariam Nosser. But my um, public page is Marin H. Nosser because Marin Nosser was taken. So I had to put my middle initial. <laughs> right, um, yeah, thank, you. <laughs> thank you folks so much for, you know, having me on here today. Um, I, you know, when I hear about what I've done, I'll tell you, it's like, I don't realize that's me sometimes and that I've done all this work. And um, I just really hope that somebody, just one person could be, you know, inspired and, and, and uplifted by any word that I had to say today. Thank you, Miriam. We appreciate it a lot. And this is Roshi and Esther. <laughs> We're signing off. And that was a very awkward ending. But thank you, everyone, for viewing us and tuning in every week. See you guys soon.